Hi, and welcome to Prairie Rose Possibilities, the podcast. My name is Cami Kanikins, and I will be your host as we tour all over the Prairie Rose Possibility projects happening across our school district in southeastern Alberta. We will take a look at some of the big goals in the projects as we talk to project leads and school leaders, and we will see what moves they are making to create sustainability for the projects into the future. Today we are with the principal of Senator Gershaw School, which is a 4 to 12 school located in Bow Island, Alberta. And so we have Principal Scott Angle with us. And the Prairie Rose Possibility Project that Senator Gershaw has, I guess, woven their way into involves around this magnificent greenhouse that they have located just beside the school. Now, this, the greenhouse itself has been in the works for about five years. It, it has more growing seasons in it than Prairie Rose Possibilities has existed. And so um, they've taken their big project that existed and were encouraged to join it into the Prairie Rose Possibilities family. So Scott, you've got about 170 kids at your school in grades four to 12. And then you have the nearby Bo Island Elementary, which is K to three. So you've got lots of students around your project. Why don't you go ahead and tell us in this last year, this last growing season, what's been one of your biggest successes? We implemented our garden a little bit more. Uh, and so that's that's new. And also at Boyne Elementary, we put uh, raised garden beds in at Boyne Elementary. So we involved Boyne Elementary in the project as well. So we made growing for all our students now from basically K to 12 have the opportunity between our greenhouse and gardens. So that would be the biggest success is making it more for all students throughout both schools. And so we know in these projects that things work out, things change. What's one thing that you've changed up over the years that's maybe looking different today than it did when you first started? Um, we always are working on making sure we have the proper uh, combination of light. So working on to get the right light is is important. We changed when we we're planning on our growing season. We ran into a bit of an issue with last year around bugs, mm. and so if we, if we start our, our growing season too early in September, then we actually have too, we had too many bugs inside our greenhouse that were really hard to manage. And so we've learned some of those lessons. So those are some changes that we've made. So we started our growing season later this year um, to, in our greenhouse, and then the other things we've been doing is using plants within our greenhouse and transporting them to a garden. So we can start our plant, our vegetables and so on in our greenhouse. And now we have a garden to transport them in. And so we've been doing a little bit more of that. And then the other thing we're looking at as a kind of a change is using a garden for two harvests, growing early enough that we can harvest at the end of June and then replant in June and then grow things that we can harvest again in September. So that way we have two possible harvests out of our gardens just to get a little bit more out of our gardens. So always the tricky thing is to get that the garden and the harvest happening at a time when there's kids around to be excited about about the harvest. Although I do remember this year that in like October, you had some mighty fine beans and other produce that most gardens still didn't have. So you must have had a good recipe for that. But when we think about your project and you're, you're already a couple years in, what are some moves that you're putting into place to make this project continually sustainable into the future for, for both your schools? I think the biggest thing is always looking to see what we can add to it. We've even add, started adding some exotic plants as an example. So we started bonsai trees this year. And so we're going to grow our own bonsai trees, which could be a multi, it's going to, well, it's not could be, it will take multi years to grow a bonsai tree. We've also worked, 
starting to work with some dwarf fruit plants. So like we got cherry trees trying to grow, we got orange trees trying to grow, lemons, um, blueberries, and they're all meant to be indoors and in greenhouses because obviously we don't have the climate for them to be um, outside all year round. So they're all intended to be inside. And so we, we're trying to get as many students involved in the project as we can and to make sure that we, if we start the interest in a young age, then they can keep on being interested as we go through. And so we find our, our youngest students are often our, our most engaged to start and as well. So if we can get them engaged to start and get them learning, then they continue through. The other thing we're looking at doing to make it sustainable is continuing with compost, trying to get a compost program going for the last couple of years, actually, between both schools. Uh, this is the year we're really going to get it going and use it in our greenhouse and use it and use it on our gardens and so on. And I think that's partially why our garden is successful is because we do have some feedlot compost that really is magic growing material for some of those plants in our gardens. So it's been really good that way. Feedlot compost. I like that code word. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like compost might be one of your big goals for this winter season when garden enthusiasts pour over the seed catalogs and plan their gardens. Do you have some big goals for what you hope your garden will produce by the end of the next growing season after harvest? Like I said earlier, the biggest goal is to have two harvests. Um, we didn't get there this year, especially at Bowen Elementary, that, that was the plan, but just how long it took us to get our raised garden beds in, we weren't able to. So our hope is that we can we can plant and then harvest and plant again and we can actually use some of those things earlier on. The other thing we always are working on is how to reduce weeds in our in our Gershaw ground garden, automated water in there, because that's a real challenge is trying to get it watered enough. So those are kind of works in progress, of course, but we, we just want to make sure that we're growing as best we can and as sustainably as we can and uh, using as much of the, of the ground and the garden area as we can. Um, and realistically, our goal is kind of get more community involved, grow as much produce as we can and give it away. It doesn't cost us much to grow the garden and uh, if we continue to grow pumpkins every year, that kind of sustains the cost because we sell those. That's what the only thing we sell. Everything else we, we give away. Kind of a big success this year too was we grew peas and snap peas. And that was a big hit with students. And so just putting them out in our common areas and so on, and students would just eat them as they walked by. And so we'll continue, we'll grow more of those as that was a big win for us. So. And if lettuce keeps going the way it's growing, we'll, we'll probably grow lots of lettuce. You might be able to get rich off of growing lettuce the way it, the current market is, hey? Yeah, that's right. So do I, you have lettuce currently in your greenhouse right now? What do you have? What's if I, if I haven't been to your greenhouse in a bit. If I walked into what's happening in there today? So our, our lettuce is growing through hydroponics. Um, our cucumbers are growing and our cucumbers this semester, I started with our grade six class, which is the youngest we've gone with growing plants necessarily in their greenhouse. We started from seed, which isn't normal for us. Usually we use propagated plants in partnership with sticker greenhouses, but we, we started from seed this year, which is a long process. And uh, so it's our first go at trying to grow cucumbers with by seed and we have to we have to buy special cucumbers so that way they can be grown indoors in greenhouses. So anyways, we did that. We're giving it a go. They're, they're getting high enough now that we might start to get produce off them in, in the near future. Um, like I said, and then we're growing those exotic trees, the bonsai and, and things I mentioned before. So in the second semester for high school is when we get all the propagated plants from sticker greenhouses and it becomes a very commercial greenhouse for a high school in the second semester. In our first semester, I consider that kind of more of an experiential uh, learning. And we have some failures in there too. There's some plants that just, they didn't grow, whether it was not uh, 
seeded deep enough or too deep or uh, not, not watered enough, nutrients not right in the soil. But that's learning for our kids too. Why didn't these grow? Um, I think some cases it's light. We're, we're working with some artificial light as well. Well, and I think that's so important that we realize that th- those mistakes and those, well, that didn't work out situations are a really important part of growing. And as farmers and gardeners, that not everything works out as intended. So that's an important lesson to learn along the way. I can't wait to come and check out your greenhouse the next time I'm in Bow Island. And we look forward to talking to you again in the spring to see how that early harvest is going in all of those garden spaces. So thank you, Scott. And that concludes the 45th recording of Prairie Rose Possibilities, the podcast. It is pretty much the end of season three and it's cold in the winter right now. And so we can't look back or can't wait to come back to our Prairie Rose Possibilities podcast in the spring again, where we will bring you season four and a year-end update on all of these wonderful projects. Until then, keep listening, keep growing. This is Cami Kanikin signing off for Season 3 of Prairie Rose Possibilities, the podcast. Mm-hmm.